There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Steelers Outpost Podcast, the proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. We are hoping all you fathers, brothers, and sons salvaged Mother's Day yesterday, checked the boxes, did what you had to do to avoid hurt feelings and the doghouse for the next month. Uh, We wish any of you moms out there who are listening, uh, happy belated Mother's Day. And it is belated because uh, this was almost not to be tonight. Come hell this or high is, water, we found a way to record here, but there were well, some, circum- we were like ships circum- in the night. Yeah, circumstances almost conspired to keep us apart, but they will not prevent us from bringing you this episode because we have done this for exactly 90 weeks in a row. This is week 91, and in spite of holidays and vacations, business travel, and even threats of matrimonial discord, we <laughs> bring you the podcast. Hey, so May we're... 13th, I, I, I just I, I did my... You want to? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to break up the ceremony. Please continue, and then I'll ask you my question. It's my OCD. It's May thirteenth, two thousand nineteen, episode ninety-one. This is Tom from the Washington D.C. Outpost. This is Nick. Wasn't was tonight from the? I just uh, I just got back from Philadelphia on my first. I've been on the train before, but this was my first time in the first class car, which is glorious, I must Ooh. say. Oh, big money. And uh, Nick, you, you've had your own weekend, so we've been prevented from having this podcast until now. Yeah, we've been living the high life, but I didn't even realize that we were so close to 100. I don't know. Somebody pointed that out to, to us recently. we got to do something special. I don't know uh, what we'll do. We'll be in the same area this coming week, but that's for the James Harrison episode, number 92. But I don't know if we can think of anything for 100. Granted, it comes in the super doldrums of the NFL season, but... Well, it may be appropriate because we have uh, we have an excellent designer. If you looked at our Stillers Outpost podcast logo, very proud yeah. of it. And actually, can't say proud. We just had a great guy who designed it for us. So we're looking to have the Steelers Under Armour shirts designed. And maybe we'll give a few of those away for our 100th episode. Including oh, that's two a bad idea. Yeah, reach out to us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. That's a good uh, good way to get in touch with us, and maybe we'll do some sort of giveaway or something like that. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to St. Vincent this year, but I think that might have to be a goal. It depends on my uh, show schedule here. But uh, speaking of someone that actually jogged my memory a little bit, shout out to Jeff Cope. I think that's how you pronounce your name, man. It's at Jeff K-O-P-A-Y. First time listening to the podcast last week. My show sometimes gets busy due to uh, musical engagements that I have, and Jeff – uh, asked us about the theme song at the beginning of the podcast. Go stand up. 
Steelers, go Steelers. For any of you guys wondering, yes, that is our song. That is an original song that we made for the Pittsburgh Steelmen. And maybe we got to make a new one in the post-Killer B era. But I don't know what's going on over there. You popping bottles? You popping some champagne a little early? Previous to episode 100? I am celebrating the culmination of the Steelers rookie mini camp that took place from um, Friday through Sunday. They brought in 60 players, including some first-year players and one player who's been there, Williamson Scott. He, it wasn't him. Who is it, who's been there for five years? This is his fifth year in the rookie mini, mini camp because he hasn't accrued enough time to not be in rookie mini camp. Who knows? I don't. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sure, so, I'm sure whoever it is is going to make a huge impact on the Steelers' 2019 season. I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts going over the seventh defensive lineman off the board right now. But I gotta be honest. I do read the names. I do know the names. But it's hard to bring myself to care. Well, I somehow Steelers Nation. Maybe I shouldn't attribute this to everybody, but Keon Adams got cut. So they they did they did cut. We're going to talk about who stuck and who didn't. The guys okay. who stuck probably won't uh, do any better than the practice squad. But Keon Adams, he's been built up as a god over two years. That <laughs> by the fan base. Wait till yes. he comes back. Wait till he comes back. But he was a seventh round draft for I pick. I didn't understand that. So I have. Joked. I think it was a sort of the phenomenon where what you don't know is. Huh? Sorry, it's the, sometimes that Skype delay gets me. I thought that you were done talking. I have a lot to say tonight, but please, please proceed. No, just Keon Adams. You, you, you teed me off in the perfect area. Like I half joke about not caring about the seventh defensive lineman. I'm sick in the head. Of course I care about the seventh defensive lineman. That's why we're here for the 91st week in a row. But the Keon Adams one, that's a great discussion just about football fans in general. And I guess, you know, we can attribute it to just Steelers fans, obviously a rabid fan base, but I'm sure a lot of fan bases do this, if not all of them. But I always remember over the past few years, Keon Adams obviously hasn't really played a down, a meaningful down in the NFL. Seventh round draft pick, right? And when people talk about the Steelers defensive uh the edge rusher depth. They talk about, oh, you got Chicolo behind there. Ola Adenia coming up, fan favorite. You got Keon Adams who's in the mix. Keon Adams is not in the mix. Keon Adams is just a name you know because he got drafted. But I love how people were including this guy in the conversation. Like, here's the force to be reckoned with. Keon Adams, just like Senquez Golson. Just wait till Keon comes back. Yeah, right. We're half joking because I think Kiesel was a was a seventh round pick, and obviously the Steelers got guys who play Foster and Williams and the Trader. You know, they were late round or no round picks. Obviously, you know Vince seventh rounder, Foster undrafted, Villanueva. So of course it happens, and that's what makes this time of the year interesting because you want to see, you know, which lower depth chart guys can make an impact, and a guy like Keon Adams kind of does fit that bill because he had prototypical athletic, uh, like athleticism and size. So those are the kind of guys who are like, maybe this is a late bloomer. Maybe they made a late position switch. Maybe they got injured at some point in, in college, like Sean Spence, who was so horrific for the Steelers in his recent stint. But in his first stint with the Steelers, he was the university of Miami's all time leading tackler, but he had like an ACL injury. So that caused him to drop in the draft so the Steelers could pick him up. Uh, so the, those are the, like, the kind of things that are interesting in Steelers minicamp are either the stories about weird players. We got a couple of those this year or somebody who's a late round draft pick because of, uh, you know, circumstance, but might have prototypical traits to flourish. 
Here's a name you may have heard of who got cut was R.J. Prince. He had the fantastic hair. He's been hanging around there for a year. He got let go. But most disappointing, and the guy I really wanted to see stick, at least until the summer, Eastern Michigan quarterback Brogan Roback. Damn it. Brogan Roback. Now, Brogan earned third-team All-Mac honors after throwing for almost 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. Classic Ben 19. prototype. But he did make the third team in the All-Mac. And the Steelers being the, the vacuum cleaner for the Mac. So uh, just they are a vacuum cleaner for the Mac. The best all-time. It's probably why he is the quarterback, and he made it as far as he did. It's just like Brogan Roback. Of course, he's a quarterback. He's got bro in his name. I mean, you guys probably know him. If you have heard of him, he was hard knocks famous every year. There's a rando practice squad type guy who gets famous on hard knocks. And when they did the Brown season, broken Roback was a big part of it. I've actually never watched like a full episode of hard knocks, but I would watch it just for the bro. And as far as you're saying, prototypical Ben numbers, I'm pretty sure Ben was like 57 touchdown passes in the Mac. So bro, the bro, is that funny? The guy went through 19 tutties and 15 picks in the Mac conference and is still like hanging around NFL teams. You got to feel bad for like the RJ princes and the broken rowbacks. How scary must that living be? Cause I guess you can make some good change compared to your college friends who are out of college looking for uh, jobs in the market. But you know, you could also make the argument that you're wasting two years in the NFL, not gaining relevant job experience somewhere else just to make a paycheck that is going to run out on you. It's not like you're, you know, making Doug Baldwin money where he'll be okay for the rest of his life. If All right. other things don't well, pan I just, out. I just confirmed that Ben had 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in yeah, uh, 2003 at Miami, Miami, Ohio. So um, yeah, he did a little better than Brogan, but the good news is, we have the unpronounceable Devlin Hodges from Sanford who did stick from, from rookie minicamp. He is the best player out of the FS. I'm sorry. I don't even know what this is. The FCS last season. I don't either. He won the, <laughs> he won the Walter Payton award as most outstanding player after throwing for 4,300 yards and 32 passing touchdowns. He was the SoCon offensive player of the year for the third straight year. Now this is a flash <laughs> of lightning coming in from the East. These are the stories I do like, and, and our listeners are probably yelling at us when I say we don't even know what the FCS is. Again, we're half-joking, guys, but can, can I tell you what it stands for? Of course, football conference schools. That's what it stands for. And Devlin Hodges, these are the stories I like. Samford, you almost would think he could have gotten drafted by mistake if somebody read it as Stanford, you know, but the Browns actually have competent ownership now, so I don't know who would do it. But, uh, yeah, the guy, um, you know, maybe he'll be competing in there, throwing some balls around to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in the summer. But who knows? I like the guy looking up the address for Samford. It's in Alabama. Perfect. Last chance you type of situation over there. Hey, also, it's a real football school. Oh, it is. Isn't last chance you a real football school, too, though, wherever that is. But community college. Well, that's a good, that's a good ass community college. They could, they might be able to beat Samford based on the kind of recruits they're getting Uh sidebar, by the way, one of my greatest regrets in life. I paused there for a second. Cause I had to go throw my regrets and this one's definitely up there. I was in a thrift shop, uh, just browsing around a couple years ago 
in Houston, a really crappy one. Uh, I don't know why we were in there. We were just making the rounds. There's another another bottle of champagne that's going on. A little premature. We're not at 100 yet. Back to the thrift shop in Houston. This is like four or five years ago. And I'm walking around, and I see a red jersey on the rack. They always have old, irrelevant jerseys. They'll have like a – you might be able to find like a Wes Welker on the Dolphins jersey. You might be able to find – Jarvis Jones. No, you'll never find a Jarvis Jones. You, you, you know, Brett Favre on the Vikings kind of thing. These are the jerseys that you find at thrift stores. I see a red jersey. I turn around. It's got a number seven. I turn around again. It's got Roethlisberger. It's a Ben Roethlisberger Miami of Ohio jersey. And I was even poorer then than I am now. So for whatever reason, I decided not to get it. And I will regret that to this day. Uh, what are the chances in Houston, Texas, of getting a Roethlisberger jersey from Miami of Ohio? I'm sure I'd be able to find something on eBay. Uh, actually, maybe not. But you could probably find something. But the opportunity that I squandered of not picking that thing up in the wild, I've learned from it. And if I ever see it again, it will be mine and framed. Yeah, life regrets. Well, let's also go through the rest of the guys who were picked up. Defensive tackle Greg Gilmore. I was trying to find something interesting about him. He is from LSU. He's in the second year. What is interesting is that he last played for the Memphis Express of the AAF. Poor bastard. Yeah, so prolific uh, college player picked up by the Steelers, so he's going to stay. So next we have Henry Mondo. Henry Mondo. He's a 6'5", 288-pound defensive lineman from um, – Crap. Mondo. Sanford has State. To be from, no, Mondo has to be from Louisiana, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He's it's saying, French, French for. Say, I'm guessing LA Tech. Let's race for this. Oregon. Man, no, no. He's, yeah. he's from Oregon. You know what's interesting about him? He's, he's a type. He's a, he's a type one diabetic. This is, yeah. So we have, we have James Conner and we have Henry Mondo. We've got to pull for Henry Mondo. And Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark, excellent analyst for ESPN has been getting his stock up with the excellent suits and his, his, his trashing of AB in the media. Thankfully the voice of reason, uh, over the last few months. But if you guys remember, they discovered while Ryan was playing for the Steelers that he had some sort of sickle cell condition. I don't know if it was a temporary thing. I know I'm misspeaking on this right now. Somebody might know the details better than me, but regardless, before that ill-fated Tim Tebow game, the playoff game in Denver, um, the doctors deemed it might be unsafe for Ryan Clark to play at mile high stadium because the altitude was too high and it could mess with him given the condition. And he talked about, uh, how Mike Tomlin sat him down and had a meeting and said, I'm not letting you play. If you were my, my son, I wouldn't let you play in this game. So I can't let you play in this game. And Ryan Clark actually referenced that when talking on ESPN about Mike Tomlin's quote about the cleansing, which obviously was referring to get getting rid of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And you and I thought that that word cleansing was uh, strong. Like usually the coach just moves on like, Oh yeah, we're going to talk about the people on our roster. No, that was a statement. And it sounded like he was personally hurt. And Ryan Clark kind of used that, as an example saying like, listen, this guy actually cares about the players and he, he feels that he has a two way two way relationship with them. And so many of the players back that up and, you know, you could tell the way they support Tomlin. And, and so it seems like he actually was very hurt by the, uh, by what happened with Bill and Brown, but 
anyways, if we're looking for Steelers with conditions, Ryan Clark's on the list, but the most, um, I don't know. I was going to say prolific. Maybe the most famous is the bus. Jerome Bettis was an asthmatic Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. He went down. They had to cart him off the field and into an ambulance. Didn't stop him from rumbling his way all the way to the hall of fame. So maybe Henry Mondo, maybe the diabetes propels him to the 53 beast man roster. That's what Next, I think. we have uh, another interesting story. Damian Prince. We, so we got rid of one Prince or we brought right. another one. Uh, offensive line RJ was let go and we have retained Damian Prince of Maryland. He held the opposite side of the line from Derwin Gray. That's interesting. I, I would think that's co- coincidence. I almost think that they drafted Mason Rudolph and James Washington last year, uh, partially because they, they played together, but this obviously playing on the opposite side of the line, I think it's a coincidence. I think they just needed to get another Prince in there with the loss of RJ. And last but so I uh, just read this today. Steelers are signing wide receiver Johnny Holton. Johnny yeah. was weighed by the Eagles. I thought this was sort of done after a rookie minicamp, but they just picked him up and they they like his speed. Yeah, wait. So this guy's actually like scored in an NFL game, I think. So let me look up his stats. Johnny Holton's stats. I saw, I don't know if it was Alex Kazora or someone posted a, a picture of him. Look at this. In 2017, he had nine catches for the Raiders. For 218 yards, that's a 24.2 yard average with a 64 long and three touchdowns, nine catches and three touchdowns. So who knows what this guy is, but the Steelers have a ton of little like slot guys and, and run around dudes and, and Moncrief. I think he can take the top off the defense a little bit. Um, uh, Obviously Washington's been brought in to be a vertical threat. I've let my opinion on him be known. I I've seen things from him on a consistent basis in the preseason with the winning, the jump balls that suggest maybe this guy can turn the corner, but I do worry about a deep guy with not great speed. So this Johnny Holton is more of a downfield type of threat. So interesting. It at least makes for more competition with the receivers uh, in camp. And I love it that the two dogs with one bone thing worked so famously well with Sanders and Brown when it happened. And there's, there's a lot of talent at receiver. Obviously Juju's the number one. You obviously don't have a Brown or Hopkins or Julio Jones type guy in there, but I do think that this competition is going to be good for everybody on the roster. And, and, and I don't know if uh, you got to assume DHB isn't going to be there, which does suck for the locker room and the leadership, but that is sort of a guy who's not going to threaten anybody for a receiving position. And finally, the Steelers retained Tuzar Skipper. I'm pronouncing his name right. He's a linebacker. Guess where he's out of Toledo. We have three guys from Toledo. Ola Adini, Deontay Johnson, and Tuzar Skipper. And I just took a look at the roster. Guess what schools are most represented on the Steelers? Ro- I, I won't ask you to. I mean, that's a that's a big well, it's target. Be Toledo, but, then, huh? Or Toledo is not leading. They have three, but it's just kind of funny. That's um, so Maryland has four. You got Sean Davis, Trey Edmonds, Derwin Gray, and Damian Woo. Prince at this point. Tennessee has four. Yeah, and Dobbs, Foster, and some other guys. Oh, a Sutton. Someone else. Uh, you had Foster, Dobbs, McCullers, and Sutton. With the Steelers, usually, well, Oklahoma State has two at least, right? And then somehow we have 
We have three guys from Western Michigan. Robert Spillane. Ian Berryman. Was that uh, Charlie Batch's college? Where did Charlie Batch go? Western Michigan? Yeah, I want to say he did. Do some quick research on that. But I think there's one other school that's uh, represented by four players. Eastern Michigan. Damn it, Nick. Come on. Well, it's kind of funny. The map is is maybe not overrepresented, but uh, well-represented on the Steelers. So that's basically, I guess, the comings and goings. Obviously, there's been a ton of coverage on the Instagram about uh, – Oh, are you hitting that Skype? You hitting that Skype difficulty as well? (laughs) You're just going to steam through. I respect that. We just talked about the bus. No, I was just saying, I think that's pretty much it, right, for the additions and subtractions from the people. Obviously, the Steelers Instagram has been playing up Devin Bush. I mean, you got to give the people what they want to see. I guess good news is that he was calling plays at at the minicamp. Um, you know, you got to assume a, a top prospect at the linebacking position is going to be able to do something like that. But it's cool to see how immediate his you can tell this guy's an alpha and he's not going to have a problem coming in and playing that role when the Steelers have had some some great hardworking rookies like a TJ Water, a Cam Hayward or, you know, guys like that who have come in in the past. But it's cool to get some swag in there. It's it's uh, it's good to see that your first round linebacking prospect is going to be comfortable coming in there and calling shots and being vocal and injecting some energy into the defense. And like I said before, he got that Joey Porter number 55, by the way, we, I don't think we ever mentioned this, but his uncle is Derek Brooks. One of the greatest linebackers ever also number 55. That's kind of why he wore it. Devin Bush also said that he wore 55 cause he wanted to keep number 10 in the NFL. He obviously knew he couldn't do that. So he says five plus five is 10. And I have a bone to pick with that. Cause a lot of the NFL players do that. They try to use uh, the two digits in their NFL number to equal whatever, you know, cool single digit number they had or uh, whatever, like, you know, 10 to 19 number they had in college. But you don't want to add them up like that. What you're looking for is the shape of the number. The 10 is a nice, obviously there's a circle in there, but overall it, it cuts a vertical shape. It slenderizes the player. It's more of a sleek number. 55 is a bit of a fat number. I always look at that, uh, not for a fat player, but it's just a lot of number to cover the back of the jersey, and it's really more of an edge rusher number. So if I were him, man, 51 would have looked glorious. You could have gone 52, the Ray Lewis direction. Actually, I don't know if they give away 52. That was Webster. But either way, you know, interesting stuff there. So. Who, you know, great to see him taking control right away. If I had to bet it, I'm saying that he's going to start week one. And when I make that bet, I'm going to make that bet with my bookie because my bookie offers betters in all major markets and entertaining lineup of gaming options. They got unique prop bets. Who else of the rookies is going to keep these numbers? I think our receiver, I think Johnson, Deontay Johnson took 18. That's that's not going to cut it. We need to find something better than that. Place your bet on your mobile device, on that sleek mobile interface on mybookie.ag. And remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. Visit mybookie.ag online today. And don't forget to use that promo code Apples 25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. Devin Bush just got signed for $18.8 million, fully guaranteed. 
He's the penultimate contract in that rookie class. We're only waiting for Justin Lane. But as you know, this is all kind of pro forma at this point. Oh, oh, just oh. some uh, yeah. quick. Sorry. Uh, that actually reminded me. I was laughing, thinking like he gets he gets all his money guaranteed. Le'Veon Bell's probably all angry, thinking Steelers players getting guaranteed money. Obviously, it's just the way that rookie contracts are structured. But I put up a tweet the other day that we got a little bit of engagement with as well. Um, let me look it up. Basically. I just wanted to revisit the Le'Veon Bell, the pay Le'Veon Bell uh, situation from before. I'm trying to look it up here, trying to find it, basically saying, damn, man, this is great radio. Nobody likes listening to a guy look for something else. But long story short, I was just looking at revisiting the pay or don't pay Le'Veon Bell situation by taking a look at some of the high, high profile running backs who have gotten paid. And I put and here's four of them right away. Gurley. He's injured. His career's are already in risk with that arthritic right knee or left knee. They've already admitted that he's never going to be able to take the same workload that he took before. David Johnson immediately got injured as well. It's just, that's what happens to running backs. That's why it's risky paying them. Uh, not to mention He's completely ineffective without good players around him. It's hard when nobody's blocking for you and no one can throw you the ball. But again, you wrap up a lot of money in a guy and he's not able to make a difference without good players around him. A quarterback or someone like that can, can transcend it a little bit. Uh, Freeman for the, for the Falcons injured. Guess what? What a shocker. LaShawn McCoy injured. Plus he was ineffective, averaging 3.2 yards a carry. And then he spoiled Avengers Endgame on Twitter. I mean, you just can't win with these guys. And then if you look at what happened with the Steelers once he left, James Conner, he put up better numbers than Bell did in his last year. I'm not saying that he's as good as Le'Veon Bell. I would never say that. But the price for compared to the production, which you got, it was crazy. And the proof was in the pudding. And how many times did we have this discussion during the pay or not pay Le'Veon Bell saga? And, and, and everything we said was, was dead on everything. A lot of people said with the injuries, it's too much of a risk. You can replace the production for an absolute fraction of a cost. You wonder if the Steelers could be collecting guys like Barron and, and, and Nelson without, uh, you know, the freed up salary cap space. Uh, look at also Jalen Samuels, he runs for a hundred yards in like his first ever game as a running back in his life. He didn't even play running back in high school or college. So, you know, I was totally on board for keeping bell and, and I, cause, because he just obviously provided so much more than just stats. He really changed the way that defenses had to play you. He was a guy that you could count on the biggest situations. He did not fumble in critical situations like James Conner did multiple times last year. We're going to watch James Conner fix that this year. But uh, at the end of the day, they also still offered him a ton of money. So they agreed with me. They thought that they should pay him, but it is interesting, man. Uh, I know it's not the biggest sample size in a, in the world, but I'm looking at the other four running backs who got absolutely paid. Then you look at the Giants taking a transcendent running back at number two, a guy who who legitimately has the talent in Saquon Barkley to be the most the best running back ever if everything went well for him. I'm not saying he's going to be, but listen, the guy is as elusive as Barry Sanders, and he's a truck as well. And what did they do? They suck because they didn't have the right quarterback. So it really shows you the value placed on these guys. And I know this is such a tangent and we're tired of talking about bell and Brown, but it is great conversation. And now that we can see the dust settling after a little while, you can have a little bit more perspective. Like, wow. I mean, 
from a fine, from just a number standpoint, it was hard to argue with signing him long term. But Devin Bush getting, you know, getting his rookie contract guaranteed just just sent me on that little tangent there. And I know there's not a ton to talk about, so we'll go with whatever right now. Well, we'll just finish up here. There's a little shot before we in everybody's life who cares about this, but Antonio Brown's number 84 was given away to an undrafted free agent tight end Milan Richard. But Milan does have some heritage. He is the nephew of Heisman Trophy winner Herschel Walker. And I just remember high school and college, and I forget when he came out, but um, everybody was talking about Herschel's Walker. His routine was just a thousand sit ups and a thousand push ups a day, which I tried for um, 15 minutes. It didn't work. I remember when you told me that in high school, and that's actually the story that set me off on my current, well, I kind of like my permanent workout plan where I do a lot of running during the week, but in the off days from the running, it's just straight body weight stuff because if it's good enough for Herschel Walker, it's good enough for me. I clearly have the same type of Adonis genes that Herschel Walker has, but uh, they haven't just shown the way I thought they would. Yeah. He, he was out when I was in college. Excellent. And um, so do you guys see the, the video on Instagram from Steelers, uh, Justin Lane, his entire house, Amazing. including the bathroom was uh, decorated in Cleveland Brown colors. And his dad and in, in Instagram was shown repainting, repainting the bathroom among other things in the home. Yeah. Huge lifelong Cleveland Brown fans. Is he from Cleveland or outside of Cleveland? Somewhere in, they're from somewhere in Ohio. Uh, it was awesome. He repainted it. He got the colors wrong in the steel. He mixed up a couple of the star colors. Some people giving him crap for that. I, I hope that you people aren't out there actually giving him crap, trying to be like, mm, you got the color wrong. It's not good enough for you to repaint your favorite team from your entire life until they are tribal because you got the color wrong. I hope you're being cool and trying to be like, hey, brother, I appreciate you doing that. But, uh, you know, switch, switch the blue and the red or whatever the mistake was, but that's awesome. I mean, that's what rookie minicamp is for stories like that, that we can relate to. And I think Warren Sharp, you know, our favorite guy, our favorite uh, statistician analytics mind, the premier analytics mind on uh, the NFL and on Twitter and everything like that. I think he quoted Justin Lane who talked about his transition to cornerback. He came to Michigan state as a wide receiver, six foot two wide receiver. And he said, I figured, you know, there's a lot of six foot two, four, three, four, four, whatever he ran wide receivers out there. There's not very many six, two corners with that kind of speed. So why don't I go take my talents to that side of the ball? And Warren Sharp put out a PSA to all six foot two receivers coming out of high school. Consider making the switch to corner. He praised Justin Lane for that foresight there. And I, I agree with them. I think that it takes some bravery to do that. You saw Braxton Miller try it. It didn't really work out so well. The, did he win the Heisman? Either way, he was a great quarterback at Ohio state and he switched to receiver his senior year to prepare for the NFL. I think trace McSorley, who got drafted for the, the uh, Ravens, obviously the scrambly quarterback for Penn state for the past few years. I just, you know, that guy, they're they're going to play him at some wide receiver in some gadgetry situations, but that guy needs to make a permanent switch and he needs to let the QB dream die. It's not going to happen. Make the switch and you could actually be a very successful player. Everyone loves to give the example of uh, of Julian Edelman, but I'll give you a better example. 
Antoine Randall L. Make the switch. Swallow the pride. Uh, so just wrapping up in the Steelers name game, we have two rookie kickers, Matthew White and Matthew Wright. Don't switch those up. <laughs> and we added a punter, Ian Berryman. Compete with the incumbent Jordan Berry. So I try to keep that straight. Jordan. Anyway, this was just a little bit of a fun episode. I thought that with doldrums was prior to working mini camp. This is much worse than anything we've experienced in a year. <laughs> yeah, there's so, two uh, doldrums. And now I, I, I regret being so critical of AB because uh, he was fodder. He was fuel for the engine. And uh, we don't have that right now. But anyway, we are going to continue to collect our stories we're both uh, we're going to meet out in San Diego over the weekend. We'll be have a little time to reconnoiter and figure out some stories for next week. So hopefully something happens, but we will be back next week. So check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website, SteelersOutpost.com, or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at Gmail. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 